Welcome to Fundamentally Human, a podcast about mental health topics unpacked in an easy-to-understand way. My name is Shervin, and I'm your host. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. Today is going to be slightly different. It's not that I'm talking about a specific mental health topic, but more about my experiences of my first triathlon just a few days ago. And I wanted to talk through my training process, how I got ready for it, and actually some of the mental hardships that did come up along the way and how the day unfolded. It's actually a bit of a disastrous day, but all is good now, and I wanted to share about it. But before that, I also wanted to say this episode also marks the two-year anniversary of Fundamentally Human. So thank you listeners who have been here from the start, new listeners and supporters along the way. Every time you share or you listen and give me any feedback, it means a lot to me because my whole intention with the podcast is to be able to share about these topics that I'm learning, whether it's from school, work, or my clients, and things that might seem more and more common sense to me because it's something I talk about every day, it might not be conceptualized to other people. So thank you for listening, and I just wanted to remind everyone that I've been putting in a lot more work into my Instagram to put more content out there that's easy to digest. So you can follow that at Therapy with Shervin if you wanted to learn a bit more or some more visualized content. So I'm going to start by talking about my triathlon. It happened on Saturday, March 4th. And I probably signed up for it, I think, in October of 2022. So at that point, I had, or maybe September, either way, I had about September, October, November, December, January, February, about six months of practice or training. And I wanted to sign up for the triathlon in 2020, but because of COVID, all the races were canceled and I decided, okay, this is the year that I'll be able to do it in, in 2023. And I will say that the training I did the most was probably swimming. But before that, to give you a bit more context, I've done five half marathons and countless 10km races over the past decade. Um, Usually I'm quite active with hiking, weightlifting, and um, I used to play a lot of ultimate frisbee and other sports. So you can consider me as someone who's fairly active, though that sort of changed during the pandemic years. I'm more catered towards weightlifting instead of cardio. So that's a little bit of context of my fitness or athletic background. So going into the triathlon, I kind of knew what to expect mentally. You know, a lot of it is partway through, you tell yourself, oh, why did I do this? This is hard. I just want to stop. What if I just turned this corner early? I want to quit. And being able to expect that is really helpful for me because I remember in my first half marathon, I was like, oh my God, this is so hard after the 10 km mark. And a half marathon is 21 kilometers or 13 miles. And usually I 
around the halfway mark and then 14 to 17 kilometers is when it really hits you. You're like, oh my God, I still have half of this to finish. I'm still at the last leg. This is kind of getting tough. I'm getting tired. I'm just going nonstop. What am I going to do? So after doing five half marathons, you kind of get used to that mental fight that you have with yourself during the race. But with the triathlon, it's a little bit different because it's not just running straight for two hours. You're swimming, then you're biking, and you're running. And in September of 2022, I started my swimming. And I usually went to go swim once or twice a week for about 45 minutes continuous. And let me tell you, that was actually really good exercise that I didn't realize I was getting because usually when I'm running or playing sports or weightlifting, you kind of feel this really heavy soreness, I guess. Or if you're running, you're huffing and puffing. Whereas after swimming, you are panting a little bit, but you're not feeling like your whole body's sweating or that it was really hard impact on your knees. The resistance of the water and just the low impact of the sport really helps with not feeling so tired and like you just, you know, had the workout of your life, even though you you just did. So that really helped me get into shape, even though I didn't realize it. And then I continue doing weightlifting. So for me, I usually do, you know, bench or shoulder press, deadlifts and squats and rotate between the three. And especially the shoulder and bench press, it helped me get stronger physically on my upper body so that when I did swimming and I did front crawls or freestyle, I usually was able to push myself further and faster because of that. And I didn't realize that actually right up until the race, how much my weightlifting had helped me. And then (laughs) uh, running, you know, I didn't really do that as much. I walk every day, but it's not so much running. Sometimes I'll do the treadmill at the gym, went on a few runs throughout the six months. And cycling is where I truly lacked the most. I used to cycle to commute to work a lot. um, And I was used to that and used to elevation and being comfortable with biking. So I didn't train it too much. And honestly, signing up for a winter race also means you have to train in the winter. So a lot of the times I just had no motivation or interest to go out in the cold or if it's raining or snowing to go and train the bike. So that was the one I definitely slacked off on the most. I went to a couple of spin classes. Shout out to Ashley if you're listening. Thanks for going with me. Those were really fun. And bike to the gym or pool a couple of times. And you know, no surprise there. The leg of the race I was the most nervous about was the biking because I didn't practice the route of the race and I wasn't too comfortable or sure about the elevation. And it was just something I wasn't prepared for. And, you know, this all makes sense. You could say that there was a lot of anxiety and nervousness. And anxiety, as I've talked about in my other episodes, is defined as you know, being uncertain of the unknown. So I didn't know the track. I didn't know the elevation. I didn't know how comfortable I was back on my bike doing a 20 kilometer bike ride. So all these unknowns, I just, 
it just kind of got to me. Whereas for the swimming, you know, I've been swimming regularly each week and running. I've always done some type of running, whether it's a half marathons or ultimate frisbee or some sports, five kilometers of running was really no problem for me. But the biking was where all the anxiety was. So taking a step back here, the swimming was 750 meters, the biking was 20 kilometers, and the run was five kilometers. And I felt like, you know, I could probably get all that done in two hours or less. Around there, hour 40 to two hours, it shouldn't be too much of a problem. You know, when I play Frisbee, I'm running for two-ish, two and a half hours each night. When I do half marathons, they're two hours. Surely, you know, <laughs> I I could do this, right? So, you know, I went ahead and just did the swimming, went to the gym, a couple of runs here and there. And then February, I took out the bike. And leading up to the triathlon a few days before, I'm in this group chat with a bunch of people who are quite active and avid bikers. And a few of them were also doing the triathlon. And I start to freak out in this chat. <laughs> and I'm wondering, oh my gosh, am I ready for this? Is the bike going to be okay? Can I even go uphill? I'm so scared that I'm going to be the last one on the bike and I have to push my bike up the hill like an idiot. And, you know, like all these thoughts are coming through my head. And the nerves and anxiousness start building and building. And it was helpful to be able to talk through all of it because after panicking for, it was probably three, four hours in this group chat I'm panicking in, I was able to kind of talk myself out of some of these things. Like, okay, I'm a fairly fit and active person. I've been training my swimming. I can run these distances no problem when I went out for a run to test it it was totally fine and I don't usually get too sore anymore so my body's gotten stronger and people were reassuring me had a lot of support from family and friends so being able to talk about it actually really helped and feeling like you know some of these worries might be stupid or I'm not sure people are judging me, but just get it out and not really care so much about what other people were thinking, but just be able to, you know, unleash all these worries so that I could feel better, whether it's in a group chat or if you need to write it out in a note or a journal or talk to a loved one, a partner, friends or family about it. I think that really helped me, you know, get through some of the nerves and work through some of them. And then that was two days before the race where I freaked out for what must have been three to four hours. And the night before, you know, I've done the routine before, knowing what to eat, how much water to drink, drinking so much water the day before. And I do that so I'm hydrated for the race the next day without having to drink so much uh, up to the race. And, you know, I'm not that worried anymore, talked out all my worries, quite calm. And then the race day comes and I'm actually feeling really good. So I get to UBC, which is where the race happened a bit early. You know, I'm prepared. I've had a good breakfast, used the washroom, which is nice before my race. I bought a suit and the suit I trained in and it was fine. So I get to the pool, I line up and everything and everything's all good. I walk towards the lane and I'm about to get started and two seconds before I walk in, I slip. I didn't fall, but I slipped and caught myself and I'm like, okay, of course, this is how it starts. And within the first, uh, let's say, 
one to 200 meters, I'm like gonna puke. I feel myself gagging in the water. I'm so nervous. You have this pool where all the racers or the participants in the next heat are all lined up and watching you. All of these people, spectators, friends and family are all in the bleachers. Everyone's cheering. It's so loud. You don't want to be so super slow or passed by everyone. And you're these kind of nerves just get to you and you're like, oh my god, I'm really, really doing this. Am I going to be able to pull it off? What if I can't swim this long? Because uh, when I practiced in my pools, it was a 25 meter pool, but the races are in 50 meter pools. So it is double the length and the pacing is a slightly different because you also don't want to swim too fast because you still have to bike and run. So I'm out here doing it, wanting to throw up the first 200 meters and then it's all good. And then I walk out and run a little bit to the transition area to put on a jacket and dry up and put on my shoes and my gloves and then, you know, run to the bike and start biking. And then the moment I started biking, which is what I was worried about the most, remember, it starts to rain. It's so windy. It's freezing rain partway through the bike. It starts to snow a little bit. It's so cold. I can't feel my fingers. And it was just so miserable. So I had to do two laps, 10 kilometers each for the bike. And honestly, fitness-wise, it was totally fine. The elevation I was worried about was literally nothing compared to what I have to bike through in my own home area, which is a lot more hilly. So, and I'll talk more about what I learned about that later. But yeah, uh, after my first loop, I was ready out to just, I wanted to quit because it was so cold. You're biking with the wind or against the wind, depends which way you're coming from. And I can't feel my fingers at this point. My socks and shoes are wet. It's raining so hard. I wanted to stop. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I just did half of the bike. I can do it again. And I keep going and going. And everyone's like passing by me because they're on these like super fast bikes or not fast bikes, but they're just really fast. I hate going downhill. And there are some parts where I'm like, oh, what if I just cut through this cone? <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> no one's going to know if I skip two kilometers. But I'm like, okay, no, you can't do that, Shervin. That's cheating. <laughs> and it's just not good. And other people will see too. And it's just not right. You know, you're wanting to be honorable when you do races like these. The only person you're really cheating is yourself too. And... On the way back, I'm just, I've never been this miserable doing a race before. Running, it's not too bad because, you know, you're moving your whole body, whereas biking, you're kind of stationary and there's so much wind. That's something that I was not ready for. I was not ready for the amount of wind or the amount of rain and how it was freezing rain and snowed a little bit during the bike. And it took me way longer to finish the bike, but as soon as I got off the bike, I I couldn't even rack it because to rack the bike, you had to lift it up and put your seat on the bar. But I could not feel my fingers at this point. And throughout the bike, I was like shaking because of how cold it was. So I'm walking towards the tent to transition into the run, to start the run route. And I'm just shaking involuntary so hard. And the volunteer was like, are you okay? Do you think you can run? And I'm like, yeah, just give me a moment. Let me just like warm up a little bit, calm down a little bit. But at this point, I'm just nonstop shaking and I can't feel my fingers. I'm so cold. And 
I made the decision to pull out of the race, which was really hard for me to do because I've never pulled out of a run or a race before. So there's definitely a part of me that's disappointed in that. And I'll talk more about that in a little bit, but I decided to pull out of it because I physically could not do it anymore. I was shaking so much from the cold. I couldn't feel anything. And I knew that if I started the run, I would probably pass out partway through or it would be too unbearable. And I didn't want to put myself in that kind of danger. So the girl took me into first aid and I was pretty much shaking for the next 20 to 30 minutes until I could change and I had so many heat packs and I couldn't even drink my own water my hand was shaking and it was just really miserable (laughs) and well that was pretty much the end of my triathlon experience but I do want to say that being able to recognize when to stop and that I needed to stop was such a big step for me Because yes, I was disappointed and I felt a little bit like a failure. You know, I was even trying to decide how to name this title or this podcast title. And I was thinking my failed first triathlon or my disastrous first triathlon or the struggles of my triathlon. But then I thought about it. You know, yes, I didn't finish the entire thing. You can call me a do athlete, not a triathlete. But what I also learned was, you know, it wasn't a fitness problem either, which is what I was worried about too. Oh, am I fit enough? Did I train enough? Do I have the endurance? I was totally fine after the biking and the swimming. I knew I could continue. But with the weather like that, it was feels like negative one Celsius. So about 30 degrees Fahrenheit for my American listeners. But Man, if it was sunny weather, which it was the next day after and later in the afternoon, I'm pretty sure I could have done it no problem, but I had to stop because of the weather. And I kept reminding myself of that and reminding myself that I put my health first. I put myself first so that I wouldn't be in danger or I wouldn't go into even more shock than my body was already because I've never shaken like that before. So I knew I had to stop. And I was proud of myself for recognizing that and not being so down on myself or bummed out that I had to make that decision. But don't get me wrong, I probably would have been bummed out if I had to stop because of my fitness, because then at that time I know, you know, that's more on me and the amount of training that I did or didn't do if I had to stop because of that. And, you know, it's okay to be able to have those moments where you didn't necessarily finish what you set out to do. But I was also reminded, you know, I took months to practice the swimming. I got a lot more fit from swimming. I've realized how much I enjoy swimming and it's low impact. I met some new friends in this biking community and, you know, I I challenged myself to do something that was difficult and, you know, I set out to do it. I didn't complete all of it, even though I know that I could have, and I'm so proud of myself for getting there. I took a medal home anyways because, you know, I I paid for this, (laughs) but also to remind myself that I put in work for it. 
And yes, I believe that I will be signing up for another triathlon. Hopefully the weather will be better. But now I know how to prepare for the weather too. You know, finding better gloves for the weather, probably putting a shell jacket on for the bike part and realizing that being a little overdressed for the biking is not too bad. I can shed it for the running. And then also reminding myself to practice on the race routes will help me get rid of some of the nerves and anxiety and to make sure that I'm reaching out to people when I'm feeling nervous or need reassurance because without the support of those around me, I probably would have gotten even more anxious and nervous. So here you have it. I don't think I breathed at all during this episode. That was a lot of talking from my end, but I wanted to document it because maybe later on when I do it again and I listen to this experience, it's going to remind me of what I've learned and that I put myself up to a challenge. And it's okay to not necessarily finish what you set out to do, but it's more important to take from it. And from this, I took the importance of support from those around me, listening to my body, and just overall health and fitness are important and to take care of yourself. All right, so this is my episode about my first triathlon. Thank you everyone for listening over the past couple of years to Fundamentally Human. To support my podcast and help reach others, please follow and share it with anyone looking to learn more about mental health. For any listeners who are visual learners or would like some more resources, I would like you to read my blog post on my website, shervin.ca, and remember to follow my Instagram at therapywithshervin for updates. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a good rest of your day and take care.